0: Welcome to another episode of the Water Women Podcast, the podcast All Things Ocean. I'm your host, Jill. Welcome on to Water Women Podcast today. I am so excited to get to sit down and chat with you because I think what you're doing is so. So cool and so impressive. So I'm really excited to share it today. So let's start out by introducing you to our listeners. So I'll get you to tell everyone your name and a little bit about you and what you do. Okay,
1: so I'm Leila and thank you for the opportunity, by the way. (laughs) Uh, So I'm Leila and I'm from the Azores. Um, You know, I grew just by the ocean. So uh, the passion for the ocean, it kind of came naturally. Um, and from very soon in my life, I just said, well, I want to be a marine biologist. <laughs> and I did that, you know, I, I actually did my degree in marine biology here in the Azores. And then I did my master degree in Belgium, um, the international master degree in uh, marine biodiversity and conservation. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> then I worked as a um, whale watching guide uh, for three like, or four seasons um because here it's a great sport uh you find a lot of sperm whales they say they are resident even though i argue a bit about this uh, <laughs> this matter because you know saying that sperm whales that have the whole ocean that live here well i think they they show just slight fidelity mm. so we can see the same individuals over and
0: over here oh, um, That's so cool <laughs> sperm whales yeah. are like top of my list of whales that I like want to see and haven't it, it's, yet
1: it's really it's really, it's incredible uh, I think the, that that sight is I don't know oh. I, there's no words to describe that that encounter it's it's really amazing and then one time I was in the boat and I just saw one uh that was born you know, a newborn for like I think he was out for one hour you know just oh, oh so fresh I love it that's so cute yes. It's, it's really amazing to see all, all all those behaviors. And we have mainly uh, females with, um, w- with calves here. Uh, and amazing. occasionally we see, uh, we see some huge males. But I don't know if you know this, but we, ha- uh, we have this est- history here of whale hunting. So mm-hmm. the Azores is also a, a place that you can find. Uh, it's a great example of conservation because in 84, it was banned, uh, the whaling here, by the International Whaling Commission. And in 87, uh, it was established the first company uh, doing whale watching. So they actually incorporated um, the staff from, the, um, from whaling, the, the whalers. They, they were uh, doing this activity as well. So we have oh. the, the hotspots inland. We have like these uh, fixed spots, the, we call vigias, it's the lookout. Uh, and uh, because, you know, we are in Atlantic Island. So the continental shelf, it's really short. So we have huge depths already, wow. imagine five meters far from, from shore, um, so they come really close and we wow. can see um, in around 20, in a radius of 20 nautical miles, we can spot a lot of, uh, of cetaceans and it, have, it has been spotted here around 20, I think 26 species of
0: cetaceans. That's really, yeah. Amazing. That is so cool. That's like my. If
1: you want to see them, just come here.
0: (laughs) I just think I'm like making notes right now of like where I will be moving in the future. And this might have become top of the list because that's my like dream. So, like, our listeners listening to this are like, oh, great. Another whale podcast. Jill is here just to nerd out, which honestly, I am. I'm so excited about this because I think they're just so cool. How could you not find marine mammals cool? They're just the best. But, We'll talk but about I you. actually love
1: also uh, invertebrates, you know.
0: You know what? Uh, they and- have a special place in my heart too. So I can't blame you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. But I love all of them. You know, the ocean is just this magical place.
0: Just everything so, in the ocean. Every time I hear something about the ocean, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. This is amazing. This is the coolest. And every time. I've Even I sharks,
1: it. I think they are so cute. I, I love, love
0: them. So cool. I love them. So <laughs> growing up in this really unique place must have been so cool cool to like introduce you to the ocean at such a young age it must have been so fun it was it was you know
1: every time that i remember me playing it was with something related to 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 the water oh, so I, uh, I think it's three minutes walking by my place till the until oh. the sea because you know it, we are in smile island so it's really <laughs> next to the ocean <laughs> I love and that. every time I, I just remember, okay, I want to be Jacques Cousteau or uh, Yvonne, you know, that series Baywatch, Yeah, because it were next to the ocean. I was just playing with my brother <laughs> because of that. Amazing. <laughs> really, but oh my God. I just, yeah, the ocean is just part of me.
0: I love that. I love that from <laughs> a young in my age. Veins,
1: I have ocean. I have salt water here.
0: In your veins. I love that. <laughs> um I love that from a young age you also were like this is going to be my job because I feel like yes. a lot of times for people growing up with the ocean like finding out like oh man I can do this for a job is like revolutionary but I love that you were determined from the get-go you're like no no I, I will figure something out here I will yes. do this yeah even
1: my, my teachers from the primary school they, they always find kind of fascinating because you know the kids usually they, they say like one day they they want to be teachers the next day they want to be firemen they want to be astronauts but me well straightforward want to be a marine biologist with 10 years I I just bought my first uh technical book about marine biology <laughs> and I still have
0: it I love that of a, re-
1: of a reference you know
0: often absolutely I bet I love that that's <laughs> amazing so like when you got to university level, you were still like "Gung Ho, Get Go, Let's do this" kind of thing. What made you want to do your master's in Belgium? Like, what what took you there? Well, because at that
1: time uh, I was really uh, into um, the ecology of invertebrates, and I love taxonomy as well. <laughs> I'm kind oh, of oh wow, that's you
0: know that's interesting to love taxonomy. That I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> you are in the minority there, I think. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Well,
1: I had a lot of arguments with some of my <laughs> colleagues because they were like all about molecular work and I'm like, I love taxonomy because <laughs> if, you are going to the, if you go to the ocean and there's something poisonous or whatever, you then you cannot do the molecular thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So we were always playing with it. But first, uh, my choice was Belgium because of it. It was mainly because I have uh, some courses in uh, taxonomy so that was uh, my choice I was already you know looking to that um master degree when I was finishing my my bachelor degree okay this is the one
0: I want I love that I think it's so interesting that you're so into taxonomy because like I can I respect it quite heavily because it's so important but every time it comes down to it I'm like it just hurts my brain like I just I'm like it's so cool that that's what like drew you like it drew to you so much like it's so cool Mm -hmm. what is it that you love about it the most like what what draws you to it
1: I, i like that you know that part of the job that you are in um that you have uh you are collecting the the samples and then you are treating them and then finally when you see them And you can find all those
0: appendages and oh my God,
1: I just love it, you know, the detail. I think it's the detail. I love the detail.
0: It must feel kind of like a puzzle in some ways. Like, you know, that accomplishment you get when you put the last piece into the puzzle. It must feel like that sometimes when you finally get that answer and you're like, yes, done. Exactly. I love that. (laughs) That is so cool. So what did you do after that? You mentioned now that you're whale watching. So did you, was that your immediate, you just went to go whale watching? I had a,
1: a PhD proposal, but I had to <gasps> deny. Uh, oh. Yeah, I had to say no <laughs> uh, because my mom was sick, so I had to return to the Azores. Uh, and then by that time, I just got this proposal for, to work in a whale watching company next to my place. So I was there working and I worked like three or four seasons, something like that. Uh, but then I was also a bit, um, I won't say disappointing, disappointed, but the problem is that here that work is seasonal. So you are like working for eight months or so, and then yeah. you cannot work, and then you work again. And it was not a stable job. So mm-hmm. I just said, okay, it's enough, I also need more stability yeah um and then
0: because I love statistics as well (laughs) oh my goodness you I think like we are the complete opposites here like we just sorry I feel like I know you listen to the podcast so I feel like you're just picking out all the things that you've heard me be like oh these things and you're like these are my favorite (laughs) sorry (laughs) no No, I I can appreciate (laughs) it I need more exposure to them. That's what I need is like exposure therapy where someone just sits down and talks about statistics to me so I can stop being terrified of it.
1: No, I, actually, I actually love because I, I discover a lot of things with data and I can play with data. And I'm also against some of the uh, statistical analysis that some people do. Uh, I'm against taking, removing outliers, for example. If you don't <laughs> explain them, maybe they should be there. There's a reason. So... <laughs> I am, yeah, I'm a bit, I don't know. I'm always uh, <laughs> questioning things. As you should. <laughs> yeah, but I actually loved uh, doing statistics in R, in R software. So, and that sure. was the first time, yeah. It was the first time that I actually had contact with a programming language. So here in the Azores, they, are, they have an opportunity for people that want to learn programming. And I actually applied and I entered. So for three months and a half, I was learning to program in other languages.
0: Cool. Um,
1: and then I developed this, um, uh, I think this, uh, how do you say it? Um, now I'm having a blank. It's uh, okay. It's not a, I, 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 w- I will translate from Portuguese, a taste, but it's not a taste that I want, but it's That's okay. But anyway, I just uh, I just encountered a new passion, let's say, or an extra passion that was programming and special, especially especially in the field of um, artificial intelligence and machine learning. So then I finally got this job that I'm working now as a business analyst and head researcher uh, in a consulting um, company called KCS. Uh, And here we are uh, in a, well, I'm integrated in the research uh, department, research and development. And I had an idea because I had this huge uh, necessity, let's say, this huge huge need uh, when working in whale watching. That was, I want a place that I can um, um, gather all the data that I can collect from the trips. Uh, and I want to to treat all that data in the same place. Plus, and this was the the main point, I want to do photo ID. Yes. So I want just one place for three things: statistical analysis and ecological modeling, uh, data collection, and uh, photo ID.
0: Wow. Um, that's a and- that's a big that covers a I know. lot. Like I feel I know, like it's. I know it's one thing to say that but like that's currently what I'm doing for school is like photo ID and statistical analysis mm-hmm. and to have like one place where that all happens like I don't think listeners will understand like how huge that is and how big of a chunk of work that's going to be
1: and I think it's blue wave ID just comes uh, with this with this idea and the thing is if you if you imagine that if all the researchers or all the way-watching companies can use this, this, um, this app and then they can uh, choose to share uh, what they collect, then there's no need of having different IDs for different individuals. Yeah. And then you can cross everything and know exactly what's, go- what's, what's, what's going on. That's uh, And huge. this is my main idea, you know? The main idea is that if people find that this could be... I think in terms of conservation, this could be awesome. Uh, this could be a turning point. Uh, when, you, when you think about governmental decisions, uh, um, the establishment of uh, MPAs, marine protected areas, uh, this is really important. Because this way, you have another kind of knowledge. Uh, and till now, I see that there's a lot of research groups that do research in, with cetaceans, but they hide. Yeah. yeah. They, they tend to hide. And if you if you
0: work in an open way, everybody will benefit from from this, especially the ocean. Absolutely, that is. It's so cool that you bring up like photo ID because, like, I've worked on whale watching boats for four years. I and doing so you know that nightmare, right? (laughs) Yeah, and I like I'm doing my honors (laughs) about identification and like it's like you have like these private groups like whale watching tours and stuff that will have like there'll be an individual that's super easy to identify like a very very I don't know the word I'm looking for like not significant but like just has like like for instance when I was working on the whale watching boat there was a whale that had a huge chunk a humpback whale that had a huge chunk out of his dorsal Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: uh he was called Sedge and like, mind you, I worked in an area where it was very, very small. Like it was a small area. So like everyone knew him as Sedge, but there was other like minke whales that like, depending on, there's like, there was, I think four or five different whale watching companies. And like, depending on what boat you went on, they had a different name for him. Yeah, and it's like okay like there was one of them where he it was a minke whale completely missing a dorsal and some of them called him slice some of them called him stumpy some of them called him cut like he just had seven different names for one whale and so to have something where i could be out there snap a picture of him and be like slice and upload it and then from yeah, then on i had,
1: to,
0: I had to... that would be so cool i had to say the same issue actually
1: uh we had we have also a, a resident community of riso dolphin uh, around pico island
0: oh and my, okay are, you have me convinced to move here because like, <laughs> this just sounds like my absolute dream place
1: <laughs> but there's one that is completely white you know that they get whiter with uh, white with age yeah but this one is completely white so in my boat we called him gandalf you know gandalf <laughs> the white from lord of the rings yes yes absolutely <laughs> <And> <laughs> And other people called him other thing, you know. And and when you think about this, but now instead of giving his these names, remember the codes that we usually give, like yeah. DB uh, or whatever DB USC, blah blah. Which blah. is
0: a whole uh, other thing because like the codes <laughs> will vary from place to place. Like exactly. And this is the nightmare
1: in blue wave ID because yeah, we want to do the model. But then we have the same individual with different codes.
0: Yep. Because so I've done. I've done, like, photo ID matching in Spain, in Australia, and in Canada, and every single time when I'm, like, doing the photo ID, they're like, use these codes, and I'm like, I, like, what, like, but why would I not use these codes that make more sense, and, like, it just changes everywhere you go, so, like, a night, it must be a nightmare. It is, Oh, it's, it's still a problem that we are facing
1: this moment, um, it's because it's the same code or different codes for the same. Same meaning. Yeah. The same oh. meaning. This is why also working in an open way
0: would benefit. You exactly. Know? We would all benefit. We would all be on the same page. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. So Blue Wave is, that's the that's the name of the app, right? Is Blue Wave, Blue Wave yes. ID? Okay, oh perfect. Goodness. I feel like we've I feel like we've both said it a couple times, but haven't actually like, yes. clarified. So perfect, <laughs> listeners. Um, walk us through like the beginning stages of like how Blue Wave ID started and like what it took for you to get it kind of get it going.
1: Well, actually, it's, it's, it was pretty easy, you know. Oh wow, that's the best. First, yeah. <laughs> yes, because we <clears throat> we are in the department, as I said, of research and development. So we have like these brainstorming um, sessions uh, where we come up with with some ideas Uh, and I came up with this one and it was immediately approved.
0: (laughs) Amazing. So you don't have one of those like really inspiring, like I had to fight for this. This was blood, sweat, No, actually it was, it was,
1: well, the beginning, what I mean, being a, the acceptance of the idea was really easy. The rest was not that easy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Then then comes the blood, sweat, and tears.
1: Exactly. After that was all the pain. <laughs> oh, no. it, uh, well, it's hard, especially because this was a, a, a new team. So uh it was not really a, a team of major people with experience in the area. We had to to learn a lot by ourselves. Um and uh, it was mainly trying uh, and failing and trying and failing, especially because the, the, the complex part now is the, um, uh, the model of photo identification. Uh, yeah. That one is really painful because to collect data is pretty easy and straightforward, but this, uh, I'm still working. I was now working <laughs> with a model before talking to you um especially because we we want to do photo id for more than one species and now i'm doing for humpback whales i will do also for sperm whales and riso dolphin and um common dolphins yeah and also um which those animals would be for, like, you know flipper is- the bottlenose dolphin the as, the as well
0: no way that's so okay like so I don't you have me absolutely can commu- be convinced <laughs> to move here now because like these are just all the, my favorite animals know one place and you can see blue whales here as well don't don't talk about that don't a- you can okay <laughs> you can. okay i'm, I'm oh. moving
1: it also happened this well similar something similar to me but with killer whales with orcas
0: oh, no it's
1: kind of amazing because i really wanted to see them and one time was just a couple came and talked to me about uh, orcas because it was their dream and then I said, "Yeah, it's really rare that we see them, and the ones that pass by here, they are the oceanic ones. So usually, they also tend to um, to go away from the boats. It's always a fast sighting. And then I, I just said this, uh, and I went on the boat the next day, and we had one killer whale going around the boat for like 30 minutes, going oh. there, you know, just swimming and just no you know way. spying on us." And it was, I don't know. I was shocked, you know. I I couldn't talk
0: in the boat. I was like, "Oh my god, is this happening?" Like, love when you tell people one thing, and then the whales are like, "Want to bet?" (laughs) Yeah, I
1: love it it. during the summer here uh, sometimes because we have the baleen whales passing by here. Yeah, usually till June, and then yeah, till mid of June. Yeah, uh, see some baleen whales. but during the summer it's mm, usually not, you know, because they just pass by here when they are going up to north. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, and I think it was a say whale or a bride whale in August.
0: Okay, and like you the, just yeah. keep saying more whales, and I just like I'm on a plane. On. I'm gonna be getting <laughs> on a plane right after this. Yeah, I think you should. Okay. And I'm done. No, we can done. go together. <laughs> done deal. Let me just book a flight real quick. it's really cool Uh, you were talking about the you were talking about the photo id and mentioned like the dolphins and i do photo id of humpbacks so i know how easy the photo id of humpbacks are because when they show their flukes it's just Mm -hmm. done and done but some other animals and some other cetaceans are very like the photo id must be interesting like i know there's certain whales that you can tell by like the scarring or like just Uh, interesting whales for example
1: And yeah. uh, we want to incorporate also for blue whales. Um, you know, Richard Sears, have you have you ever heard about him? No. Um, I don't know from which part of Canada, but I think he's from Canada. And he comes here uh, every year uh, to do some research and to collect fe- fecal samples, uh, also to know about the microplastics and all these things. And sometimes he jumps uh, in some boats to, to to collect those samples. Cool. Um, so, and he's also doing photo ID. So I think it would, could be interesting to have um, to do also for, for uh, blue whales. Yeah. But the problem here is that we, we need to, to look at the spots that they have in the skin. Yeah. So in terms of uh, machine learning, then we need to, to teach uh, the machine uh, how to, to recognize those spots and to calculate the distance between the spots um and, and then you know that we we don't have uh the, we can have two photos of the same individual but with different distances right sometimes yeah. they are closer sometimes they are not um and then the there's the light there's a lot of things so m- sometimes we need to do some treatment to the the image it's really really complex
0: yeah that would so be kind a of a baby one. then yeah <laughs> like it's so funny how certain animals are so easy in ways to identify. Like, humpback whales, they show you their fluke and, like, done. You know. Well, you, don't, you might not know yeah. who it is because there's a lot of them, but, like, you know that individual. And then, like, blue whales, so difficult. And even, like, dolphins. Like, you show me three dolphins and don't give me a good look and at their is- dorsal fin, and I'm going to be like, I don't know, babes, like, on your own. Like, so, like, it, it, like with the dorsal fins and with the... um flukes it's easy but like the cetaceans that don't have those significant identification marks it's like to teach machine learning that is a feat that's a huge huge thing so that's insane so
1: right now what we are doing is to try to optimize those models because sometimes we don't have a lot of photos from the same individual if you have one or two it's really really complicated so we need to go through a process of, that we call data augmentation, which is you take one photo and, for example, you can rotate it a bit and give a different name, and it's another one, <laughs> or just show, uh, change a bit the color um, in case the, when the color is not important, of course, uh, or to add a bit more blur. Um, this could be all just techniques of, uh, of having one photo and transforming this photo into 10. Yeah. Uh, but it's not the same thing as having different um, different photos of that indi- individual, but of different positions, different light exposure. Uh, so it's
0: not the same thing. But we are trying our best. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a big feat. That's a lot. So like, even with humpbacks or your other like e- more easily identifiable uh, whales that come through there, do you guys have like if people upload the photos? Are you guys good then going over the photos because like. I have like I do have like I have some experience with this like the software I'm mm-hmm. using kind of does the same thing but I know that they have someone that like goes over the matches so like is that something that you guys will be doing it's like okay you can upload it here and then it'll be like double checked because it like sometimes machine learning just misses things you know like it's not perfect
1: yeah but what I'm trying to do because I know that a lot of softwares for photo ID uh, they still need a lot of input Uh, and I want to remove the most that I can because it's a repetitive task and it's kind of boring when you have to do this for thousands of pictures. Uh, I know that this can be a nightmare Uh, so I want to decrease the amount of time that you spend doing it and there's always some some margin for error so what we have to yeah so this is why it needs to be checked Uh, but we want to reach a degree of confidence that i don't know it, it gets to a point that is faster you know this process. yeah and this is what i want to, to do well this is my <laughs> <laughs> my, the, my target
0: <laughs> you love it so much that it's just tunnel vision at this point you're like this is getting done and exactly. i love that that's what it should be like <laughs> i have tunnel vision too and it's just whales and that's it nothing else like it just that's what it is i love it how could you not right like they're just because I just love them and how could you not we've talked about like how the ID process works and everything but like for those who don't know what's the benefit of having these IDs and understanding like the population estimate populations and like who's where and when like what's the benefit of knowing this information of these citations.
1: Well, I cannot talk specifically only uh, about photo ID because I work in the, in the matter that you need also other data, for example. That oh, we yeah, need. absolutely. Yeah. And this is really important that people understand that uh, it's not only about the photo, but all the things that are around that photo. So if you, um, What you can know from this is, well, the, the migrating routes. You can know if the, the individual that goes... Around place A and then comes to B. Uh, if it always do that that route, uh, you can understand if uh, those individuals imagine there's a community that always feeds on a certain place or uh, breeds on a certain place. Uh, there's a lot of information that you can uh, you can take from from this, and people need to understand that it's not only about the cetaceans because we are all connected. Um, and the food web is amazing. If there's a lot of fish and imagine a dolphin that eats mackerel um, and then other species also feed on that mackerel. If you know that they are eating that fish in that place could be that that place actually has a lot of uh, productivity going on. So it could be a potential place to protect, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think this is, is an easy way to explain people uh, that things are connected. Uh, we also feed on that fish. We, yeah. we need to protect that fish uh, because if everybody feeds on that fish, all the, the animals, all humans, then we don't have fish. And that fish is connected to other, uh, other species below and on top of the food web. So we all need to, to know this relation, uh, the, the relationship between uh, all the, the, the levels of the food web. And photo ID and all these data can allows us to extrapolate also to those levels. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so we have a lot of information that we can we can take and protect those animals uh, and their ecosystem. Uh, and actually, we are not only protecting them, but we are also protecting us.
0: That, it's so important for people to understand how interconnected we are, and like. You can't have one without the other, like it really, like Sylvia all said, no blue, no green. Like, it just exactly we're so interconnected, and the ocean is really like it's what keeps us alive. Like, those memes my absolute all time favorite memes are the ones of like, like everyone clapping for like the trees for producing oxygen and like phytoplankton, like crying in the background <laughs> because it's like it does not get the thanks it should. Like, we can breathe because of the ocean, it gives us. Seventy percent of our oxygen, and like
1: you know that that was something that I, I always said on my uh, on the trips that I was I was going with people you know when I was a uh, when I was a uh, we watching guy, yeah. And that information, I could I could see that their faces were like, what? Yep. And
0: it's like, yeah. It's so fun to tell people that, like especially kids when you're like they you know they just learned this and you're like, what produces oxygen? And they're like trees, and you're like, wrong well yes but amazon and it's all about amazon yeah and like the the rainforests and you're like you are on the ocean the biggest producer of oxygen like give it some props here come on like and i like even and then like sure it produces oxygen but like the things that allow it to produce the oxygen are the living things in it and like everything is just so connected and like you take one species out And like, you don't know what's going to happen. And there's always the argument of like, okay, well, if you take one whale species out, maybe a different whale species will fill its niche. And it's like, do you want to find that out the hard way? (laughs) Because what if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? Yeah. And like, you can, we can use models to predict all day long, but at the end of the day, the only way to know for like a hundred percent sure is for it to happen. And I would love to not get to that point where we have to find out what happens when a certain species is gone.
1: And and ocean acidification is another topic that concerns me a lot. Um, Yeah. And And when I was doing my my master thesis, I had a colleague that was actually working on that topic. And and it's horrible. Uh, The the shells of of the the calcium carbonate shells that are being dissolved because of the acidity. um, It's really horrible because if you think about the coccolithophores, that are responsible for a big part of uh of the oxygen as well uh they have they have this shell uh and if you are destroying those shells they die exactly
0: exactly and yeah it's it's really horrible and and also yeah. even despite how much it affects us like we're talking like how much it would affect us like why do, why are you okay with animals dying like it's maybe, maybe question that about yourself if you are, but like, it's just like, if I found out that this one species was dying out and there was something I could do, I would be like, done, let's go. Like, you just have to think, not even like, not great or good, but just like, think outside yourself for a minute. Like not everything has to have a reason why it comes back to you and why you should care. Like, I always ask the question on the podcast, why should we care about this? And it's like, We don't need a reason to care. We should just care about other animals. Like in Italy, like it just, it's
1: just what it should be. And that reminds me of as well in the Gulf of Mexico. It's another case that, I don't know. I I already cried a lot because of it. And I mean, cried, but really, I don't know. I just feel pain Uh, and I'm amazed by the stupidity of humanity. You yep. know, it's something that never stops to amaze me. It's when I think it, we are done with it, there's Just always something going. more. Yeah, yeah. because it this is, this is one, one thing that I also want to say is <laughs> I had this amazing question of one teacher in, um, when I was doing, one professor in, um, in the university. And he said, what is the difference between uh, an animal and, um, and a human? and my answer was stupidity and it is yeah we never learn we do the same mistake over and over and the other animals they do one two times and they learn yeah but we don't learn how come Mm. we don't learn absolutely i'm sorry i'm frustrated about this
0: (laughs) no and you should be and everyone listening should be like it's it's frustrating to like And it's never on an individual basis. It's frustrating to know that like there's things that can be done to change that aren't being done. And like, I don't mean that on an individual basis, like sure, using paper straws is a great alternative, but the, at the end of the day, it's not the paper straw. It's not the straws in the ocean that are really causing the issue. It's the mass production of these straws. It's the, the, uh, when I learned that the, um, the one of the biggest polluters in the oceans was cigarette butts. I was like, cool, cool, great. How do like we already are trying to get people to stop smoking? So where do we go from here? Like it just it's one of those the collective stupidity of humanity, never individually based. But yes. Is
1: it hard that when you stop
0: smoking, just don't put it in the ground? Even, yeah, that's like find a place to dispose of it. Like if you're gonna smoke. There's ashtrays. There's places it can if, end if, up. Yeah.
1: If you are at home, where do you put it? Exactly. Is that hard?
0: I don't think so. Or
1: just put it in your stupid pocket <laughs> <laughs> till you find a place, a, a safe place for it. You know? Amazing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, it's just the, the simple things that. Oh, uh, other thing that now is is concerning uh, a lot um, is the. Um, facial masks you know for medical
0: masks yeah they are all over it's so sad to see like and it's one of those things that quite obviously there was like extenuating circumstances like we we needed masks we needed these medical supplies but like handle them a little better don't just be tossing them to the side don't just like i feel like we were all taught as kids don't litter
1: environment
0: yeah like it just
1: I'm Sorry, When I start insane.
0: talking, then I talk people. <laughs> it's fine. We're just tangents, tangents. That's all the podcast ever is, is tangents. <laughs> so back to blue wave real quick. <laughs> is this, so is this something that is going to be worldwide? Is this something that's already accessible in certain areas? Like where is it standing right now? Well, at this
1: moment, as I said before, we are uh, optimizing the model, the models. Yes. And uh, the last uh, stage is to, uh, to develop the, um, the statistical uh, component of the, the app. Uh, then it will be tested uh, by some, um, some uh, institutions. Uh, some already, um, they showed uh, their interest. So we will, we will give them- That's so exciting. To, to test it, but uh, at some point uh, the, uh, the, the main goal is to, to be open. So
0: That's so, amazing. Yeah. So it's coming, it's eventual kind of thing, like someday.
1: Yeah,
0: well, <laughs> I, I hope. Fingers crossed, Finger. I have, yeah. I'm very optimistic about this because I think it's a great idea. So I am incredibly optimistic and can't wait for this to be available everywhere so like this is such a cool idea to have and to like congregate everything in one app is just like the best idea so like you don't have to go to multiple different places you don't have to upload multiple different things like it's just all in one area
1: exactly this was my my uh one of my concerns because when i was working uh, as a whale watching guide uh, i was collecting the data but to a paper sheet yeah or sometimes during the trip, but if the, if the sea condition was not that good, then would be after the, the trip, but I was collecting like then the, well, of course the species name, the number of spe- of individuals, an uh, estimate, and if there was juveniles or newborns, we also were noting it down, um, the weather conditions, the, the behavior, if there was another uh, group of cetaceans or not uh, around that that, 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 the, that main pod. Uh, if there were like quarry shearwater water around, because it's also uh, quite common that you find them here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so all of these data, they, then I, I had, by the end of the season, I had to just pick it up and just introduce in an Excel sheet um, and then treat uh, the, those data. And that was not funny at all. No. Uh, because at that point, there's things that you, you cannot read anymore. Uh, there's paper that is miss, missing. There's data that is not there. So it's really a nightmare. And then there's a lot of gaps. Um, so this app is also to uh, to avoid that. You know?
0: I love it. It's I'm so excited for it because it's such a great idea. It's just going to cover so much and just like make Make it so much easier for like whale watching, and like, is it going to be something that tourists could even use? Like maybe not the data collection, but just like the photo ID part of it of just like snapping a yes. picture. Yeah, it's not implemented yet, but it's
1: um because now it's not a priority. But in future, we want to uh, to incorporate uh, a place that people can just go and insert their
0: photos from the sightings. That's amazing because citizen yeah. science, I will preach citizen science yeah. till the day I die. It is the best. But so that's so cool that you're planning on integrating it. I love that. I'm so excited for this app to be, to be done, not done because it's it'll never be done, but like to be. Yeah, there's always ready. room for improvement. <laughs> there's all, no matter what you're doing, you're always going to be like, okay, this is it. And then it's going to be like, no, there's more.
1: And then there's one thing. It's also, imagine that you, Okay, you are working with right whales okay and then you want to use this app but there's no uh way you can do for now for right whales and photo id but you can reach us and then we train that model model for right whales
0: don't right whales don't you id them by the callosites on their face oh they don't show those yes. never mind <laughs> i was like wait we can do photo we can do id for them but you don't see them yeah, it's always working. Uh,
1: there, there's some uh, some work done with photo ID, but with uh, aerial
0: photos. Yes, yeah, that would be the, the kicker. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today. Is there any place that on social media that people can follow along with you and Blue Wave and kind of all the whale stuff that you're talking about here?
1: <laughs> well, in in Instagram or Twitter,
0: yeah.
1: uh, I never know my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me either, honestly. But if you find Layla MSB, you should find me on Twitter and um, on Instagram.
0: Perfect. And that will be tagged in the description as well of the podcast. Layla, thank you so much for coming to talk to me and like nerd out about whales and the ocean and everything. It was so fun getting to talk to you. And I am so excited for Blue Wave to be up and running.
1: And thank you for the opportunity once again. Answering my English.
0: Oh, Uh, your English is fantastic. Oh, I'm just a Portuguese girl. I'm going to speak some English. No, your English is fantastic. It is the best. But Thank you for listening to another episode of the Water Women Podcast. I love sharing these stories with you, and I love that you love to listen. Make sure if you like the podcast, you're leaving a review and liking and subscribing to the podcast. It really helps us out. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Water Women Podcast and on Twitter at waterwomenpod. You can also check out more from us, including quizzes, blog posts, and shop our site at waterwomenpodcast.ca. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, stay salty!